0: It's Monday and Friday, 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: He's under contract for one more year. There's a ton of speculation. Who knows? Maybe Bill knows. Maybe Bob Kraft knows. Maybe Jonathan Kraft knows. Everybody else is speculating. We know a lot of people who are close to the situation, and anybody who says they know, they don't, don't. know. They yeah. don't know. Except for maybe those guys. But he, the options are manifold going into next season. Does he come back to coach the team again next year? Is one way. Does another team look to just hire him and then a trade is affected? And that's the way he came to New England in a trade with the Jets back in 2000. Does he get fired? I say the no. chances of that are 0.2%. Does he go into... Television, <laughs> you know how crazy that sounds, but he won an Emmy on that Best of One Hundred yeah, show with Chris Collinsworth job. and Rich Rich yeah. Eisen did a fantastic job. Yeah, how about this? If he goes into television, they put him in the booth with Kevin Burkhardt and Tom Brady next year on Fox. There's the answer. Okay, I love it. Or he goes on tour with John Bon
2: Jovi. So we have all these possibilities. Second out. Second hour of KJ and Lions and the Rich Keith Show, WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. 7 That was Thursday night football last night. Al Michaels, John, let's be honest, listening to KJ and Lions probably the week before in preparation where I was saying here, why would you fire Bill Belichick? This is not some come-by-night guy. So that's out the window. He's not getting fired at the end of this season, and if anything... With a favorable schedule next year, because this year is so bad, you will allow Belichick to ride out for an entire season. We will all know it's Belichick's last season before we find out, oh my gosh, it's his last season, unless Bill says, I'm done. So Belichick has another year, I believe.
3: Yeah, look, I, I said this earlier this season. I said it last night on the postgame, and I stand by it. I think there is a better-than-average chance he's back next year. However... I think there's going to be one major sti- – I don't know. I don't even want to call it a sticking point, but I think there's going to be one major thing from Kraft, and I think he's going to say, hey, look, Bill, you can come back, but the investment that we've seen in defense draft-wise and money-wise over the last three, four years now needs to be put into the offense this offseason. I think if Bill agrees to that, he's back. I think if Bill disagrees with that and says, no, I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing on offense, which I don't think he will. I think he's smart enough to know it hasn't worked then I think maybe there could be a separation there. But I think that's really going to be the only thing Kraft says is that we need a deeper investment on offensive talent, specifically in the draft, than we've mostly had over the past few years.
2: Well, I think what it comes down to is maybe it isn't so much, hey, make offensive draft picks, because when they were most needed recently, which was quarterback after... The twenty twenty right, and and season. That's,
3: just to clean that up, too, Cage. Like I know they've made some investments with Mac and Cole Strange and Thornton, but like we all know, Cole Strange was a reach. Tyquan Thornton was probably a reach. Like I'm talking about those smart investments they make defensively, making those, and maybe that means having someone else evaluate and look for that offensive talent through the draft and free agency.
2: Well, maybe that's where O'Brien comes in because O'Brien sure. would be in the building, right? So, but I think the other side of that is that it really centers around. And this is this is true. This has always been true in the NFL. You draft a quarterback that that's a bust. It's going to set you back a couple of years. So if Mac had panned out, and I still say that Mac's rookie year was really a learning curve, nothing anything great that he did. It's just that once he was able, once you took the tricycle wheels off, the bike was falling over constantly. Now you might say a Patrician Judge shouldn't be the ones putting the air in the top. I get that, but it was better last year than what you have now. I think it's really down to, hey, you need to go get a quarterback that represents where the game is now versus what you think you're trying to replace in some of a replica of Tom Brady, right? Like, you will never be able to recreate Tom Brady. It's like, um, I hate to bring this up over the air, it's like sometimes when you buy these goods and you think you're buying Gucci, but or, or here's an even better one, when you see fake Jordans and the jump man has like a really big behind instead of like a linear real jump man, you're like... You, you want to get a facsimile of something, but you don't want to get something that's just so obvious that it doesn't work. That's where we are with Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the fake Jordans right now. And I think maybe Kraft says, go get something where you feel like even if they're brand-new quarterback, they will be able to compete in the current way that this league is. So if you look at someone like a C.J. Stroud who's in the league now and who's doing well in his first year, or even if you're looking at where uh, Trevor Lawrence is at this point, even though he's hurt – but you have to start thinking about mobility, be able to make plays. Yeah, Tua and Josh Allen in your own
3: division. Yeah.
2: Right, exactly. So yeah. even like even the situation with Tua, Tua is at least still a little bit more mobile. The question about him was like, hey, Mac Jones probably has a better arm than Tua. But if you've got a mobility and just go boom, 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 move out the way, that's why Zappy last night, you're like, wait a minute. We're not talking about some guy who's a dedicated runner. We're talking about a guy who's able to move his hips. Like his hips, he's able to move his hips and then make a play to somebody. So you're going to have to move that forward, right? You're good. Like if you miss on a wide receiver, man, wide receivers are born every day in the NFL. Offensive linemen, yeah, that can be a little more costly because they're so few and far between that you don't know if this person who doesn't hit who, who you're going to get to replace them. So I think when it comes to it, it's like, hey, go get another quarterback, probably in a better spot. I don't think that necessarily Mac Jones was – was Bill Belichick's ideal guy? I think he had all the resume pieces. Like you could hire someone with a great resume and they'd come in, and you'd be like, Wow, this guy must have someone who really knows how to do resumes very well, because this is not the same person we have here. We Mac Jones was just a good resume, but not a not not a great employee in terms of what you need to get done on the field.
3: Yeah, and I think like I mentioned the investment offensively. They have a ton of money to spend this offseason and when they've tried to invest offensively lately. It hasn't worked. So I I wonder, like, they need to identify that problem. Like, are their scouts not scouting offensive players in college well enough? Is Belichick not listening to scouts that are scouting them well? Like, that has been a problem, whether it's Nikhil Harry, Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton. Obviously, there's a bunch of reasons for Mac Jones, but that's part of it, too, so we have seen them now with multiple high-targeted picks over the last five years. You can throw Isaiah Wynn in there as well, who have really made little to no contribution to this team being good. I think that's something that they need to figure out what that problem is because it hasn't always been that way. And Look, they've always been better drafting and signing defensive guys than offensive guys under Belichick, but the schism that we see now is much bigger than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and they need to figure like to me that's the biggest task of the offseason. Because if you are gonna draft a quarterback at number two overall, you damn sure better get that right. So you got to figure out hey, what is our problem here identifying offensive talent? Is it Bill? Is it Macro? Is it the scouts? And once you figure that out, then fix it and start investing heavily on offense. But to me, number one task, or at least the first thing I do this offseason, maybe they've started already. Why do we keep screwing these investments up? Like, even Juju Smith-Schuster for Jacoby Myers. Like, why do we keep screwing these things up? They need to figure that out, because if they don't, it's not going to get that much better.
2: I think it might be an overvalue of a player perception. That could be, that could be what it is. It, it, I'm not it, saying that would.
3: It's definitely possible. I mean, I, I wish I knew what it was. I'd probably be working there if I did.
2: <laughs> KJ and Lions, WEEI, in for the Rich Keefe Show, 617-779-7937. Let's go to Joe in Somerset. Joe, thanks for joining the show. You're on the air.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So I have what I already know will be an unpopular opinion, but uh, bear with me. I I personally think that they need to trade down in the first round, even if they get the second pick in the draft, somewhere towards like the the low teens, mid-teens, but make sure that they get an additional first-round pick for another upcoming year and start double stacking those first round picks so that they can really have an influx of true young talent. There's enough quarterbacks in this draft and enough bad teams that actually have decent quarterbacks who may not take up all of the quarterback options in the first round where they could still get somebody like a uh, maybe even a J.J. McCarthy from Michigan in like the lower teens. And and maybe accomplish what they want to accomplish in the long term with draft capital to really put an influx of young talent on this team.
2: Joe, thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm here's the thing. If you've got the number two pick, either you have a severe injury to a position that's critical, like a quarterback.
3: Like when Joe Burrow tore his mm-hmm. ACL and there they you got go. Jamar Chase.
2: There you go. And there's no Joe Burrow here. Or you're a really bad team and you need a quarterback. So I don't know if you play around and trade down to go get some middling quarterback at 15, thinking that you're going to get another pick at the end of the first round, because guess what? You could argue that maybe Nikhil Harry and Mac Jones are kind of the same story. Both guys that flashed in their last year of college, you couldn't deny what you saw on tape and it got here. Boy, it smells worse than trash dumping. Some places there it's illegal to dump. Like where my, my old apartment in Waltham, you know when you have
3: you have bins, right? Oh, yeah. You see trucks coming in, dumping stuff. You're like, you know you don't even live here. Yeah, and, and look, it, I'm open to the thought of them trading down. However, I firmly say you have to stay in the top ten. And it, just compare it to last year. The Carolina Panthers had the number one overall pick. The Bears, excuse me, the Bears had it. The Panthers traded for it. So the Bears gave up number one, and they got Carolina's number nine pick, 61, a first-rounder in 2024, a second-rounder in twenty-five. And DJ Moore. So, like, if you can stay in the top ten and get an extra first the next year, and in a, another second then I'm open to that because if you stay in the top 10, you can still draft a Jaden Daniels, who I think is the second, maybe the third, maybe second-best quarterback in this draft. You can still get a really good quarterback. You can still get multiple second-round picks, which means another top 100 player in the draft and another first-round pick next year. I don't want to trade down to 14 and pick a you know the fourth-best quarterback like you did when you picked Mac Jones as the fifth-best quarterback. I want to stay in the top 10 because the two times the Patriots have drafted in the top 10 – Richard Seymour and Gerard Mayo, they've done pretty good when they've drafted that high. So I want to stay in the top ten. I'm open to it, though, if you can get a haul similar to the Panthers trading up to one overall last year. All right, Celtics
2: tip off at 7.30 against the Knicks. We'll talk Celtics next. Porzingis is back. Plus, the Red Sox make a move, and boy, does it feel like the old regime is still in town. That's still to come. Here on KJ Lines, and for Rich Keith, right now, time to trend with Stiz.
0: Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI.
4: Trending now, the Patriots surprise us all. Snap a five-game losing streak last night, beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh, 21-18. Bailey Zappi went 19-28 for 240 yards, three touchdowns. One interception. Bailey Zappi spoke on the win shortly after the game. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Um, You know, things haven't really been, you know, falling our way, but, you know, to go out there and play good team football. um, We've had a great first half. You know, there's things that were clean up in the second half that we didn't do very well, personally, me. Um, But, you know, it's great to be, great to win, and it's great feeling. As of right now, Patriots still hold the number two pick in the draft. They'll get some off time and are back Sunday, December 17th to host the Chiefs at Gillette Stadium, kickoff at 1 p.m. That's the game that, of course, was flexed from Monday Night Football, the first time that that's happened in the NFL. Bruins lost to the Sabres 3-1 last night at the TD Garden. The lone goal for the Bruins came from Brad Marchand. That's his fifth goal in his last three games. Bruins back on the ice tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m. to host the Coyotes. Celtics host the Knicks tonight at the Garden, tip-off in about 15 minutes at 7.30. Chris Porzingis has been cleared to play after missing four games. This is the start of five home games in the next nine days for your Boston Celtics. Keep in mind they are currently 9-0 at home. In-season tournament last night. Pacers beat the Bucks 128-119. Lakers beat the Pelicans 133-89. to So the Pelicans will face the Lakers in Los Angeles tomorrow night for the final of the in-season tournament tip-off at 8.30 p.m. Little baseball news a little bit ago. The Cardinals traded outfielder Tyler O'Neill to the Boston Red Sox. Sox GM Craig Breslow was simply asked yesterday if, quote, he was in, to which he replied that he appreciated the question but would decline to answer. Shohei Otani watch continues, and as of right now, even though some reports say a decision is imminent, no decision has been made. I'm Stiz, that's what's trending now on WEEI and WEI.com. More Rich Key Show with KJ and Lions coming up.
0: Listen to WEEI on your smart speaker.
4: Just say "Play 93.7 WEEI."
0: Now, more of the Rich Keith Show on WEEI.
2: KJ Alliance WEEI. In for the Rich Keefe Show. Good Friday night to you. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937, about five minutes away. From tip off Celtics and the Knicks. We'll talk about them shortly. Let's go to Allison in Cambridge. Allison, thanks so much for calling. Hi there. So you didn't the Elvis
0: Costello song. That is very cool. My, that the Allison song. I I
2: right? I could see I could see you blushing through the air. I still have my charm. Aren't you impressed?
0: I am blushing through the air. I just wanted to say that, okay, good evening, guys. Last year was a much easier schedule. This is a very hard year, right, that we didn't have – we don't have to copy Myers this year. Our offensive line is worse, that I am just like – I am really weirded out. I feel like I'm like in The Emperor Has No Clothes, The Stepford Wives, or Night of the Living Dead, with scapegoating Matt for everything that's gone wrong. I feel like Matt Patricia and Joe Judge was equivalent to Bobby Valentine as the manager of the Red Sox. Just so out of whack that you don't even like. I mean, it's just weird. I mean, am I making any sense
2: to you guys? Absolutely, yeah, I, and
3: I would agree. Out, like, look, I, I don't. I think but Mac. It makes sense. Mac has independent of everything else has not played well. We know last year he did not play that well. This year he's been horrible. But I think he's been in, been put in as bad a situation as any quarterback in the NFL the last two years. That coaching setup last year was abysmal, and the talent around him this year was abysmal. But that doesn't excuse him also playing poorly for pretty much the entire year this year and large chunks of last year. I think both things, KJ, can be true. Hey, I, yes. And
2: so maybe like around this time last year when the screaming was the loudest about what was going on with the play calling with Patricia and Judge, I said, I hope that Bill is on the phone with Bill O'Brien and see if he can at least get him in as a consultant for the last four games. So I thought that there needed to be a change. Obviously, I was not one of those that's like, uh, you know, work it out. I'm just not. i not surprised that Belichick put them in that position because it's really the remnants of the playbook that's always been laying around the building for all those years. But I also said, what if it doesn't get better when Bill O'Brien gets here? Now, some of the play calling I've seen from Bill O'Brien, i like, eh, you're pulling some of the bad stuff. No one wants to see that, that toss-back sweep all the time. But it hasn't worked with an offensive coordinator this year. So that's where I have to start moving away from the elements that are supposed to be your supervisors into when do you start taking responsibility for your own lack of action. And the other part of it is, and this is what I was saying about Bailey Zappi, how come he's taken to the same bad information and is giving you a 3-1 and record? Yep. But the guy who's supposed to be the well better quarterback than the other has shown regression when he's been giving all these tools to progress. It's like it was like like if you tried to hire a tutor for me in high school, it'd have been a waste of time. Why? Because I would become better friends with the tutor than I would be better at doing the work. And so I, I just think Mac Jones is just one of those that has just not taken A to the coaching, okay, I'll give you that portion. B to the, the business of football at hand and C Correcting mistakes and not repeating the same ones over again. Because yeah, when you and, repeat,
3: and yeah. catastrophic mistakes are the key. Like Zappy throws a bad interception last night. Decision I didn't like, but the Patriots survived it. Mac right. throws an interception against Dallas across the field, gets returned for a touchdown. Like that was the difference too. Like even when Zappi makes mistakes, they haven't been as catastrophic as Max. But I also think like Juju Smith Schuster last night, that thirty-seven yard catch was a great catch early on in that game. And I think right. that really set the table and helped Zappy and the offense gain some confidence. But like Mac never got somebody to make a play like that this and year. And here's here's and, the thing about there's, a, there's a multiple reasons for that, but like I go back to week two against Miami, what I think is the Patriots single well, worst offensive well, before player. Before of you year. go back like let's Devontae go, let's Parker gets smoked well, up. Well let's, out go, of back second, like, let's like, go back to, to last night for a second, John. Like let's go back to last The guys made more plays for Zappy I feel like than they ever made for Mac this year. Last night's
2: interception by Zappy was the same interception that Mac Jones threw in what Week Four of his rookie year against New uh, against New Orleans? The Johnu Smith that was the tip ball that ended
3: up being the pick six. Yeah, very similar. But yeah, yeah. And very New Orleans similar. like walked it in. It, yeah, right. They were closer it's to t- the end zone, I think. But you're right; it was right over the middle, right? There. Right. Yeah. A tipped ball, tipped,
2: slightly contested. Last night's ball was a contested ball that when when the ball gets tipped up in the air, like at some point, you have to say, "Hey, the defender did their job on that play." more so than Bailey Zappi made a mistake. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, I just, I thought, and again, it was a good defensive play, don't get me wrong, but I thought he had Hunter Henry at the intermediate level, maybe could have taken a deep shot. To no, play, I'm not saying he who threw else something he had. in traffic. No, but that's his decision, too. Like, if he made a right. bad decision. Like, like the, the Colts throws, game, right? You know? The Colts game in Germany, yeah, when I mean, Mac throws that pick. Good decision, horrible throw. Like, it, just no, bad size. decision, bad no, throw. Kosicki was wide open. That was a good decision. He just made a horrible throw.
2: I don't know. It's a good throw when three guys on the other team can see the ball better than the receiver who's not but even turned it, back. It was to it. a
3: good decision to throw to the guy wide open. He just threw off his back that's foot right my, to the defense. That's
2: my concern is that there's always been an asterisk for Mac looking bad. There's always been an asterisk. Well, it's this or it's that. Well, it could have been well, this, I also or think
3: something. Like those things can be true. Well, even like when Bailey Zappi looked bad like when Bailey Zappi looked really bad in the second half against the Bears last year I sat there and said you know what he's dealing with the same coaching problems Mac is well, wait, like, no, what I mean? well, like you know, like he's could, been bad when but he but got shot out asterisk, last week. But nobody what did put
2: I, an asterisk in front of him. and Say, well, you know, he didn't get the bulk of the snaps. Yeah, They did.
3: Week. I mean, look at Tyquan Thornton but dropping a pass. But didn't get the,
2: the bulk of the snaps in that Chicago Tyquan, game. When he came in the Tyquan second Tyquan half Thornton last year. Tyquan
3: Thornton dropped a pass last week. That was a great throw from Zappy, and everybody talked about that. Like that's the same failing that Mac had to deal with this year too. That's why, like I said, last night was a really good win. But don't let that fool you into thinking like they don't need to make that many upgrades on offense. They do because the same pass that Jalen Rager dropped for Mac against Washington was Tyquan Thornton dropping for Zappy, you know, against the Chargers. Like right. you still need some serious upgrades on offense. So don't let as but fun if, as last night was. But if it has to get down to thinking,
2: one play like that in the end of the game, what does it tell you about the remaining? I don't know, fifty minutes of the game that's been going on. It's been bad. Like if if we're talking about mistakes that are made at the end of the game, and nothing has been done before, then all it does is just exacerbate all the bad that's been going on. That's been the easy leeching attachment that's been able to happen can have a horrible game, but suddenly we're talking about, oh, my gosh, Taekwondo or, or Rieger missed that missed that throw.
3: Yeah. No, a lot of stuff has been missed during that entire game. Yeah, and even in that same game, Juju Smith-Schuster had one hit off his hands for an interception. And against the Chargers, like, Ramondre Stevenson fumbles when you're actually moving the ball and we're getting near the red zone. Like, yeah, So, again, I, like, I think, the, and, and I don't want to dump on Stevenson. The back foot, like, yeah. I, I think Stevenson is, is a terrific player. I don't want to yeah, dump the
2: on him. Throw, the, the throwing off of the back foot is and brutal. straight to yes. receivers, yeah. and straight to defenders.
3: Is awful. Like, think about it. Yeah. Who but that's I, I think people like it's so embroiled like in middle this linebackers max Zappi can catch thing. your
2: passes that easy.
3: My god. Yeah, like it, people get so embroiled in this max zappy thing, they lose sight of the fact that the infrastructure around them for the last 2 years has been really subpar and needs to be seriously So then why is zappy
2: 3 and one in it?
3: I mean, what, if, he, if you he, if you really He should be one. No, it played, the way these things are right. He's well, in that case then, I mean Max won games too. Zappy has played well and he's also played like last night I think He played a good defense and played well. Last year, I think you can make the case, the Detroit Lions were so bad, they fired their defensive backs coach like a week after they played. on the schedule. (laughs) And Cleveland was a really bad defense, too. So, like, he benefited from that, just like Mac his rookie year, right? Mac his rookie year played a really bad Jaguars team, put up a bunch of points. Played a really bad Jets team late in the year, put up a bunch of points. Like, he benefited from it. Like, so they've both benefited from playing some inferior opponents and have played well against some of those inferior opponents opponents and you look at why why has Zappy been better this year, I, I think part of it too, and this is kind of a deeper discussion. It's because Mac is never that but, is not that much better. But I think you talked about and and that could be true too, but you also talked about like the mentality piece of it. I think Mac over the last two years got so beat up and so frustrated that he let it, he let it affect him though in a way oh. Zappy didn't like Zappi said all right hey i'm going to stand in there i'm going to step up in the pocket i'm going to make these throws whereas <laughs> Mack, have have we ever seen mac this season step up on the pocket and really deliver a nice throw under pressure i mean maybe there was a, is an example of two or two but i really can't think of any zappi we saw do it multiple times last night like i think that that's a difference too like they're playing the position to, and there's and we, think, can, I, we can we can talk I think, for an hour about all the different causes but i think that's where it is right now look i think at the
2: end of the day zappi goes out there and attempts to look like a ball player Mac Jones goes out there and looks like he's always going to a quarterback camp,
3: right? Yeah. Like sometimes think, you have yeah. to
2: win a game.
3: Yeah, and I think Zappy just like right now, just I don't I don't know if comfort level is the right word or right phrase, but it just feels like he ain't Zappy. Maybe that like just, but Zappy hasn't been beat down as much, and he's it feels like he has more intrinsic resiliency anyway. And I think we kind of saw that last night a little bit, especially again on some throws where he stepped up in the first half.
2: If you missed any of the show, KJ and Lines here for Rich Keith show. Go to the Odyssey app; it is free. Type in W E E I, and of course, you can tell your Alexa device, "Hey, play 93.7 E E I Boston," and it'll play on your television around your home, in the office. I have probably three Alexa devices. I got to remember to put that thing on mute sometimes. Oh, they, I
3: hide all mine. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want Amazon to listen to me.
2: Or you could spy. You're going to be like, "Oh, so someone's been ordering dishes online, huh?" So, um, it's tipped off is just underway here for the Knicks and the Celtics. Um, I'm glad to see the Celtics out of the in-season tournament. Um, I think Denver played it smartest. Take your two L's at the very beginning, get out of this thing, get rest, get back to a normal schedule because now you think of some of the earlier games that happened during the season that Toronto and Jalen Brown you know, tweaked his groin, uh, and now they're finally in Vegas. And, and Porzingis is back now. So I think probably the best thing out of this was not trying to continue to try and play these games and try and, you know, weave Prazingis in there just to try and win this pseudo-cup.
3: Yeah, and I think, like, that loss to the Pacers, like, I'm fine that they got to the quarterfinals because I actually think there's some value in that game in that... You have some new players here that are going to play bigger roles. And those minutes against the Pacers, we saw that crowd. We saw the Pacers. We saw the environment. They wanted it. It was Pacers. higher intensity. But it was – don't sleep, man. They're a good team. So are the Magic. But So was November. We <laughs> Those were higher intensity minutes than your typical regular season game. And I think, like, for the Phoenix Suns, too, I'd put them in the same conversation as the Celtics. When you have some newer key pieces, I think it's helpful to get them some minutes together. And I think it also shows you – hey, what are some of our weaknesses the teams really want to attack? And I think we saw the Celtics, remember there was reports right after they lost to Indiana from, uh, I don't think it was Shams, that was like, oh, they're going to be active in the trade market. Like, they realized, hey, we really do need to add some big man depth here. Like, the Pacers went at us. This gave us some problems with Porzingis out. So I think yeah. in that sense it can be beneficial, but am I sad that they're not, you know, in the – in-season tournament final? Like, not really. Like, I'm happy they're home, getting more rest, getting healthy, playing together. Like, I'm fine. I, but I do think being in that – court, just the higher intensity of that quarterfinal games, if they use it correctly, can have some benefit for them.
2: So maybe with Porzingis taking this kind of lull has been able, like you mentioned, to assess some things that the Celtics may need to look at. Going into tonight, he's back tonight. He played yep. – in his last five games before he went down – Thirty-five minutes, thirty-four minutes, thirty-four minutes, on a back-to-back, twenty-seven and then twenty-two minutes. So you see how the minutes were dwindling down. So something was going on with the injury, and so you start thinking like, okay, you got the Blake Griffin exception at four million. Like, what do you start looking at? Some players are available after December fifteenth. I'll throw out some names. Tell me if you like or not. Nah. Oh, this is not. It's kind of like a well, lines that. Coming up in 15 minutes, but this is not Lions Dead here. Uh, someone like Javal McGee from Sacramento, he's available after twelve fifteen. You could fit him into that four million exception. I like the idea of some toughness coming off of the bench, but no dependent scoring. If that's what you need, if you need another defensive body out there, maybe you can get 10, 12 minutes out of Javal McGee during the course of the season and a run who's been in some playoff runs. Yay, nay.
3: So, I Eileen, I, I want more offense. Like, I do agree they need another big man, but I want more offense. Now, remember, you only got 4 million exceptions Yeah, no, Wark and I'm with. not saying it's going to go crazy, but, like, their defensive rating right now is second in the NBA, and that's with Porzingis missing all this time. When Porzingis got injured, the Celtics were third in the league in offensive rating. Now they're eighth. So I think with his absence, we've seen a bigger drop-off offensively than we have defensively. So I'd, I'd like a little more offensive pop there. All right. What about Xavier Tillman Senior from Memphis? He's only played
2: three games in November. I think he's six eleven. Like when he's when he's played and is actively played, he's flash. But because they've got so many big men in the front court, um, is that someone you potentially take a flyer on? You could get him in with the four million exception.
3: So, like, here's the thing: he's twenty four years old, which I right. do like, but he's only six seven. So, like, is he really going to play the five? Or you? G- he's going to play the four, and Horford's going to be your five. Like, I, I would. R- if well, I it's could like get Horford is a not five, a seven
2: foot center. Yeah. Right, no, is, a, right. You well, know?
3: Horford's a really good, like uh, uh, I think a borderline elite level post defender, though. Like, if, even for a guy his size, like so, I think that, and he's a really good shooter. Whereas Tillman, seven points a game, like I like that he's twenty four years old. I, I would like a little more size there. It's tough; beggars can't really be choosers in this, but I'd like a little more size. Let me give
2: you a name that you like, and then let me give you the bad news after that. That's the Nilo Gallinari bringing him back, he would not fit under the $4 million exception. He's, he, he, I think he's, like, if you do it in points.
3: What about with, um, don't they have money for Grant Williams, too? It hasn't like, cleared yet. Okay, all right, because I think Grant's is like, isn't his seven and a half? I could be wrong on that. Right, I'm
2: only but. looking at, like, hey, if you had to do it today, right, it's something, sure. it's something you had, because you're going to start the conversations now. Like, somebody you can get here probably as soon as December 15th are these guys that I'm mentioning. Danilo gallinari's probably going to have to involve some type of trade or whenever that release comes out on the trade exception for uh, for Grant Williams, but then again, like, would you use the trade exception to bring Danilo Gallinari back? Like, would you feel like you're overpaying if you already let the guy go?
3: I th- but I like his offensive pop. I like his size. Like, he's a guy I think would be a nice fit, and I think it's a guy that they already feel. Could have been a fit for them, which is why they got him last year. And I think mm-hmm. the only reason they got rid of him was to have the space to bring in a guy like Porzingis. Like, I think if they, I think he might still be, if they weren't able to get Porzingis, he still might be here.
2: Charles Bassey, San Antonio, backup center, I, constantly, they're they're losing games, right? The, the, yeah. the Victor Wambayama thing is, it's kind of like kumbaya. They're like, <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah, they need um, another year. They, they yeah. need another year. And Charles Bassey, who's kind of like, a remnant backup center from what was previously going on. Now is kind of out of the mix. Can flash at times and give you, you know what he reminds me a little bit of? Like an Andre Drummond that can show up. You know how Andre Drummond like never really plays, but then all of a sudden he can get in there for 10 minutes and give you 15 points and 10 rebounds. You're like, what, like where did this guy come from? I, again, what the Celtics need, I think, if you're going to deal with the front court, is going to be some type of toughness. At one point I thought it was finesse, but you got that with Porzingis. I think now you're going to need additional toughness coming off of that bench. This is the part of like where Rob Williams is missed. Is like who's going to do the dirty work coming off where you don't they don't need the ball to feel like they're active in what you're doing out there? Who can get you a block? Who can get you a turnover? Who can get you a forced bad shot? Who can start the break for you? Guys like that where I'm not even talking about scoring. So Charles Bassey, eh, maybe, but I think if you can find someone that, like, I do like Xavier Tillman Sr., just because I've seen him play where he's at active minutes, and he's an active guy. And I think and the upside's 24.
3: there with him, with the age, like, so, yeah, I mean, the the upside's there, too.
2: KJ and Lions in for the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We'll get to more of those, plus the Lions, then, next. Thanks for hanging out.
1: If you missed any of our
0: Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to The Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts.
1: Now, more of The Rich Keefe Show
0: on WEEI.
2: Yeah. Yes, there's let that rock a bit. KJ Alliance in for The Rich Keefe Show. WEEI. The new England is better than the old England. Yeah. John, I'm just thinking about this before we get to the lines Then here. Two minutes here on WEI is I used to take the Rolling Stones Hot Rock CD. And this is a game a Grand Theft Auto one thing. And tell me if you guys remember this on PlayStation, where in the middle of playing the game, you hit pause pop the disc out, and then you could put your favorite music disc in and then continue to play that map in the game while listening to the soundtrack. Do you guys remember that?
3: I absolutely remember that. I do not. That was <laughs> oh. before my time. I did have a PS1, but I, did not, I never had Grand Theft Auto. I was too oh. young.
2: So Grand Theft Auto 6, the trailer is out. Now, full disclosure, me telling you about the PS1 and doing the trick with put, putting the, art, the, the song in there, because sometimes I would play like a, a slow jam CD and have like a, Honey, on the phone, and she'd be like, "Who's over there?" I'd be like, oh, "I'm just playing Grand Theft Auto." She'd be like, He's lying." I've only played that game and uh, San, Andreas. I like gra- San Andreas. Those are the only San
4: Andreas. Those are the only two.
2: Stiz, I, you're you're a Grand Theft five, Auto though. expert. I did, yeah.
4: Play five. GTA Five is one of the best games that have come out in the past decade. Uh, I mean, it's the highest selling uh, entertainment thing of all time, I believe. S- so let me ask you:
2: Do you think it's best selling because it's the last one and the graphics are better? Or do you think it's a better play? I mean, obviously, you're going to put more AI into the game. Miami, uh, Vice City, I keep saying my, yeah. Vice City, I played that a little bit. That was pretty good. But after that, I really didn't play it too much. I, so I,
4: it's all of it, right? So it's all of those things, KJ. Of course, as the, as the years go by, the graphics get better, the gameplay gets better, all of that. But I think... Grand Theft Auto um, brought a concept that hadn't been done, where basically you can just <laughs> Carjacking run in a wild, video game? <laughs> I thought the, sto-
3: the actual story in GTA Five, was pretty good, too. Like the campaign oh, yeah. mode? Yeah, I actually 100%. thought that was pretty good.
4: A hundred percent. And I tell people now, like, I wouldn't, worry about say, the two of you. I wouldn't say I'm a gamer, <laughs> but I tell people now I own a, P- a PlayStation 5. And these games today, KJ, they're like. How much did like- I pay you here? Oh, I'm just kidding. And that was my other job. <laughs> but but these games today, they're like movies. They are yeah. literally like I just like played the new movies. Call of Duty. And it's, oh, yeah, oh, it's like yeah.
3: playing a. Half movie, like a half war game. movie,
4: yeah.
2: yeah. See, that's, see, that's crazy. Like, Battlefield came free when I bought an Xbox 360. Oh, I
3: got, I got Battlefield one for free I get, with I, my I, Xbox One. Yeah. And cool part, I got a Battlefield Xbox, so it's green, aka way cooler <sighs> than your average Xbox right. One.
2: Yo, so how come I'm the guy to just play sports games? I'm, I, I'm I literally, play sports games too. I'm just FIFA. I, I'll play Madden a little bit into the season. Uh, now that MLB The Show is on Xbox, I play Love that MLB, probably, I play that a lot. Just because I look yeah. I'm dominating
3: the PGA tour right now, just so you guys know on PGA two K twenty three. I beat Tiger Woods at Pebble Beach last night. Oh, there you go. If you guys want to get together, what was the slider on? on? What was the slider on?
4: No, no, no slider. Just you know.
3: (laughs) Good thumb skills. For (laughs) forty two. Good thumb skills. We might
4: have to get together on a Thursday night. Us three put put five dollars on a Matting game.
2: Oh well yeah well, we could do that. Gets
4: interesting.
2: But now you'd be cutting into a double digit percentage of my page.
4: Right
2: <laughs> uh if you missed any of the show, the Odyssey app is free. Type W E E I and it brings you right here. All right. 37937. We'll get to some text before we get into the lines then. Stiz, what you got?
4: All right, couple texts here. Uh let's see. I got a text from the nine seven eight says you cannot get Gallinari back. You traded him. You can't trade him back within the next uh within the same year.
3: So there is one yeah. loophole to that I found, and that's if Gallinari gets traded again, and that team cuts him or wants to trade him, then you can get him back. But so if that the Wizards, probably couldn't
2: happen until somewhere around February.
3: I don't know what the deadline for Gallinari is. Uh, like, I don't know if he can be traded in mid-December or not. But the like, so they cannot get him back in a direct trade from the Wizards, or if the Wizards waive him. But if the Wizards send him anywhere else then I think the door is open for them to trade for him back or if he's waived, sign him then. But the the texter is right that you can't get him from the team you directly traded him to for a year. Right. But I think there's a loophole from the research I've done. There's a loophole that if he gets traded again, then the door is open.
2: It's like when you've been dating somebody. like
3: okay, I think that it happened with Andrew Bogus in like as, 2016. As long as you haven't been
2: with anybody else, we can get together. However, we can get back together. However, if there's a third team involved in this relationship, then maybe we'll have to have a talk. Next text.
4: Let's see. Texter <laughs> seven eight. Take this show
2: seriously. <laughs> yeah, we're all
4: having fun. It's a Friday night. Uh seven eight one. If any fan is happy with the Patriots win and think Bill should come back, they're just fools. Look at the last five regular seasons, drafts, and free agency periods, all of which have been horrible.
2: But I bet you they love the draft pick of Mac Jones. Right? I think I think that's just really what it centers on. The Patriots swung and missed on a quarterback, and when that happens with franchises, they get punched in the gut. The Patriots may be one of those few teams that can recover after three or four years, where most teams go through like six, seven years of this.
3: They also missed on a lineman and a receiver in rounds one and two. The next but you could get over the help. lineman didn't and help. No, but it didn't help. Yeah, didn't help.
2: yeah but, but then again, you know how rich was the draft that you actually had. That's the other part of it, right? Because... You so would say the twenty-two
3: draft looks like it stinks. Well, yeah, I but, like the 20, Jones, but. but
2: the twenty-one draft wasn't bad after the bad pick at the top, which is the quarterback, right? Yeah, Barmore's so if you,
3: good, Stevenson's right. good, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. No, I, so, no, they are they're legit. I think Barmore, side note, been awesome this year.
2: Yeah, I thought those guys would flash. Stevenson was a a, a, a wonderful surprise early on. Think about it, he becomes the lead back virtually in less than sixteen games, and if you remember, like after that fumble in that very first game that he played in twenty twenty two. He was benched for, I think he was like a, like he was off the roster. Like he was not a roster 53 man guy for like three or four games and came back. So I think they're still trying that with booty, but so, I, you know, there were some genuine surprises in 2021. It's just that why things smell like trash heap right now is because of what was picked at 15th in that draft in the first round. All right. Final, final text.
4: Uh, here we go. Eight, five, seven text. Don't the Patriots have over like a hundred million dollars in cap space? Question mark. Spend some money.
2: Yeah, I mean, so I would spend the money on the offensive line. I would also
3: extend on Wenu, Duggar, like some of their own guys, but I agree with you, yeah.
2: Right, I think you have to get to a point where it doesn't matter. Like, if your line is bad and your quarterback is not a superstar or has super mobility abilities, you've got to really shore up that line. Even if you bring in a new – like, if you're talking about bringing in Drake May, like, you might see Mac Jones 2.0 just in the overwhelming of what the NFL is versus what college is. So – I'd rather think, even look at Justin Fields, like how he struggled. People are like, ah, oh, Justin Fields barely ran in college. What does Justin Fields do now? He's got to run the ball, right? So you've got to figure some things out. And when you're at this level, you can't necessarily figure out things being stationary. Even Justin Herbert is not a stationary quarterback and dominated the Pac-12 on his way out when he was leaving for college. We're not talking about guys like a Drake May who's dominating college football. I mean, Carolina's losing games that they should be losing in the ACC, which is losing everything. All right. Some good Still free the...
3: agents available too. Just you... offensive line, yes. Go
2: spend on that offensive line Yep. Spend the money and I think I think Crafts, I think the Crafts will kind of step in a bit on that in terms of like this is what you should go get. I think they might hire a consultant to watch over the person, if you will, like just hey, what do you think of this guy? So, that might be what's in play, especially when spending their money. All right, still to come. Hey, the Red Sox got themselves another outfielder and it it does have an O in his last name, but it's not that guy. That's coming in 10 minutes, but now it's time for
3: see the one about lions? Can't, can't lose to this adapter.
2: All right Will John show mercy, or will he be as rough as Augustus Caesar in the Lions' den? Will Bailey Zappi and the Patriots' offense continue to roar like they did in the first half of last night, or meow like they did in the second half?
3: Yeah, I think they're going to do a lot more meowing. I mean, the Kansas City defense is really good that they're going to play. That Denver defense has been a lot better, and you go to Denver, which is a tough place to play. Buffalo might be fighting for a playoff spot, and that Jets defense is pretty good. So you're going to be facing some pretty darn tough defenses these last four weeks. I think they. I'm not saying they get shut out and look terrible. I think they do more meowing.
2: Uh, uh, someone's been hanging out under the pussy willow tree because I think they'll roar a little bit more because there's more confluence and 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 fluidity with this offense with Zappy in there. Players tend to to respond to him. Do I think they go on a win streak? No. Do I believe they can win two more games? Yes, I believe they can beat the Broncos. I believe they can beat the Jets at home. So I think they'll roar a little bit just because there's some fluidity going on. All right, the next one. The Celtics were eliminated from the in-season tournament, but will they roar the rest of December against some quality
3: opponents? John? I think they roar, and it is a tough schedule the rest of this month, but you mentioned earlier they get that rest. Porzingis is back. Looks great so far tonight. I think they roar and play great against some really good opponents. Yeah, I'm with you, John, because I think this
2: team has shown themselves to be probably, along with Denver, the best cohesive team so far this season, right? Where in the past with the Celtics, you're trying to figure out, like, okay, what roles and how's that? I I like what Jalen Brown has done to make himself attached to Porzingis because I think that sets up for situations in late games where attention is going to run, to run to Tatum, but you're going to have to say, wait, watch out for Brown and Porzingis. So I like what they're doing with each other as roles on the team. So I'm with you. December, I think, is going to separate them from the pack. You like that? The line separates. Okay. Yeah, bad. And the final Lions Den question. Did the college football playoff committee roar with their contra- controversial decision
3: to leave Florida State out, or was it a meow? I think it was a roar. I think they got the top four teams correct. I mean, FSU only had one top 10 win as it was, and it was an LSU team that Alabama also blew out uh, later in the season, and that Jordan Travis injury makes a huge difference. I mean, FSU was 13th in points per game anyway this year, and you take him out of the equation. They struggled in that ACC title game.
2: Oh, what a big meow by the committee. Why don't you just admit that we care about what you see on television and you want the matchups because everybody gives you this narrative. like, well, look what TSU did. Hello, they beat Michigan in the first game. So at least allow an undefeated Florida State from a Power 5 conference Take that whooping if they need to, but maybe they make it a competitive game. You don't know what may happen. So I didn't even think they would even be the number four. That's why I thought they would have been brought into the three seed just because they were undefeated, but still potentially because them against Washington might answer some questions that some people have about the strength of the Pac-12. Is it really, you know, especially what happened to Oregon last year to Georgia? So. There's your Lions Den, the next hour, third hour, here on the Rich Keefe Show. KJ and Lions here on WEEI. Thank you so much for spending your Friday with us.